Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Samach Zayin. I'm going to go from the fifth last line of Samach Vav Amud Beis. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Ben Zion Ben Ze'ev Avram Alevi and Aryeh Henoch Ben Mordechai Kohen. May the the Shomus have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Okay, so... Um, Remember yesterday we were discussing, again we were discussing this, if you have a non-Jew in, the, well, sorry, we left, we weren't discussing if you have a non-Jew in the complex, we were having if you had two courtyards and Bittu Rishus. Remember Bittu Rishus is, let's say you have a complex of five families, or five people, now each person has to be involved in the Eruv, contribute to the Eruv. If one of the people don't contribute to the Eruv, since he has rights in the Chotzer, he invalidates the Gomorrah always uses oiser, I oiseres. He forbids everyone to carry, but I'll just use the word oiseres. He invalidates the, I'll use the word, the translate, I'll translate it as invalidates. I think it just makes it a little bit easier for us. So he invalidates the Eruv. So there is a solution called bitul rishus. He can give up his rights to the other person or to the other members. And that he can do on Shabbos. And basically what he does is he says, I give up all the rights I have in my house at my courtyard or in the courtyard to the other people. And then he doesn't, then he's not a separate entity that will oyster them that invalidates the Eruv. So what we were discussing yesterday is in what cases can you do Bittul Rishus. Now we brought, what we were discussing was Rover's opinion. And one of his, again this was in the name of Shmuel, but one of Rover's main um factors that he was introducing us to was you can't do bitul rishus from one chotzer to the next. I, and there were two expressions of that. The expression of um, just if you have two courtyards, the classic case of two courtyards opening into a maboy, but they have a doorway between them. That seems everyone agrees in that case you can't do bitul rishus from one courtyard to the next. The case that was under this debate, which is what Rover's novel point was, is if you have one chotzer that opens into another chotzer that opens into the mabui. So the inner chotzer has rights of passage. It's called Drisas Haregel. has rights of passage to go through the outer courtyard into the mabui. So by the fact that they have those rights of passage, okay, there are qualifications when exactly, but on a simple level, by the fact that they have rights to go through the outer courtyard, for the outer courtyard to be allowed to carry, they have to include the inner courtyard in the Eruv. What happened, what we were dis- what Rover brought is four different cases. We were on to the second one, um, where one of the people from one of the courtyards forgot to do the Eruv. So let's just, let me just recap the case we're discussing. So we also, Rover said, If both parties put the Eruv in the outer one. So the inner group, the inner Chotzer made an Eruv. The outer Chotzer made an Eruv. And to join their courtyards together, the inner and the outer group, the inner courtyard gave their Eruv to the outer courtyard. That's generally how you do it. Again, you and your neighbor, um, your complex is neighbor is next to another complex and you want to carry from one to the other. So what do you do? Again, your complex has an Eruv, their complex has an Eruv. You give them, or one of you, give them your Eruv, and now you've joined the, both complexes into one unit. So that's what you've done here. You've put your Eruv in the outer one. And then, now the case we were, yesterday we discussed if one of the inner, one of the people from the inner courtyard forgot to join the Eruv. 
Now, today's case, we're going to go from where? Hi, Barchitzayna. If one of the outer people forgot to, um, forgot to join the Eruv. So again, you had the inner courtyard, the outer courtyard, the inner courtyard gave the outer courtyard the Eruv to join them all in one unit. Turns out one of the people in the outer courtyard forgot to join the Eruv. And now no one can carry because he has rats in the outer and the inner courtyard. Because remember, they joined it in one unit with the, as a joint Eruv. And no one can carry because he wasn't part of it. So we wanted to suggest let him do Bittu Rishus, which Rava said he can't do Bittu Rishus. So, and now we're going to explain it. He says, Hi, Barchitzayna Lama Niftal. This outer one, who should he do Bittu Rishus to? So Liptal, if Barchitzayna, lets him do Bittu Rishus to the other people in the outer courtyard. Well, still, there's the inner courtyard who can't carry because the Eruv was invalid. And they, if they try to walk through the outer courtyard, well, then they invalidated for the outer courtyard, even if the guy did Bitorishus to them. So that can't work. So live to live Neiprimios. So let him battle his Rishus to the inner courtyard. This is Rava's Chirush. Ain't Bitorishus, you can't do Bitorishus from one courtyard to the next. Uh, he can't give up his rights in a different courtyard. That's the second. Then the third case that Robert addressed is Nos. This is the third last line of Samach Vavam Abayz. Nosnu Eruvan Bipnimios. If they all, so the outer ones put the Eruv in the inner courtyard. Veshochach Echod Min Apnimios Velo Eruv. And the, one of the people from the inner courtyard forgot to do, forgot to join the Eruv. Shtei Masuras, both courtyards can't carry. Now we're going to say, so then obviously what jumps to our mind, why doesn't that person who forgot to join the Eruv just do Bitorishus? So the Gomorrah so he explains, Hi, Bar Pnimius, Lama Niftal, which courtyard could he do Bitorishus to? Liftal, Livnei Pnimius, Ikechitsoina de Australia. If you want to say, let him do Bitorishus to the other people in the inner courtyard, well, remember, they joined the inner and outer courtyard together in an Eruv, so the outer people have rats in the inner courtyard. So as long as they can walk in the inner courtyard, but they can't carry because the Eruv was invalid, they invalidate the inner courtyard. So believe tall, so then fine. So it doesn't work if he's it to the inner courtyard. So why don't we say, live tall, live so let this person from the inner courtyard who forgot to join the Eruv, Mavatal is Rishus to everyone, to the inner and the outer, and then it's almost as if his property doesn't exist as a separate entity. So he says, no, ain't bitu Rishus mechotzer Again, this uh, point that we've been emphasizing, you, he can't do bitu Rishus from his inner courtyard to his outer courtyard. Okay, and now the top of Samazayim, the fourth, and final case, this is where Bitorishus does work. And take note, we'll address it, but it even seems like the Bitorishus is working from one Chotzer to the next. So he says, again, this was case, so they had placed the Eruv in the inner courtyard. If one of the people from the outer courtyard forgot to join the Eruv. So again, you had this. This, the same case we've been discussing, you have the inner courtyard who made an Eruv, the outer courtyard who had an Eruv. They wanted, excuse me, they wanted to join the two properties together in an Eruv. So they put the Eruv from the outer courtyard in the inner courtyard. And one of the people from the outer courtyard forgot to join the Eruv. Vadai Pnimius Muteris. The inner courtyard can definitely carry. Their Eruv still stands. Now why is this? 
not based on the concept of bitul rishus, because they can theoretically close their doors and use it. Uh, what does it mean, theoretically close their doors and use it? Is they can, not using bitul rishus, they use, uh, what's it, they give up on the Eruv. They separate themselves from the Eruv. They say, we want no part in this joint Eruv anymore. At first, when we joined the Eruv, we thought it would enable us to transfer between our inner courtyard and the outer courtyard. But now that this guy in the outer courtyard forgot to join the Eruv, you think we want to be part of the Eruv to make us not be allowed to carry in our courtyard. Not a chance. We want nothing to do with this Eruv. So they're not actually... So it's not the person in the outer courtyard doing bitterishus for the inner courtyard. It's the actual people in the inner courtyard withdrawing themselves from the Eruv. They were in a partnership and there's, they're uh, what's it, dissolving the partnership. They say we want nothing to do with your outer courtyard Eruv. And obviously the outer one would not be allowed to carry because... They are now, now that we've closed the doors, separated the two courtyards back into two courtyards, where's this Eruv? The Eruv is in the inner courtyard, so the outer courtyard has no Eruv for, the, for them to be able to carry. Now, Omale Ravuna just questions the previous case we mentioned. So it's Omale Ravuna, Braid Rav Yeshua, Rava. Ravuna, Braid Rav Yeshua said to Rava. Again, this was the case where, uh, let me just quote quickly, this was where they put the Eruv in the inner courtyard and one of the inner people forgot to join the Eruv. So he says, When this inner courtyard forgot to do the Eruv, why are they both also to carry? i.e. let this person from the inner courtyard who forgot to join the Eruv mevatel his rishus to the members of the inner courtyard which he's allowed to do because that's his same courtyard remember you're not allowed to do rebuttal rishus from your property to another courtyard from your courtyard to another courtyard but this is his courtyard he's from the inner courtyard so let him mevatel his rishus it's as if his, he doesn't have a standalone property anymore and now, why can't the outer people come and carry in the inner one? Again, let's say there were five people in each courtyard. And now, this person, one of the five people of the inner courtyard, forgot to join the Eruv. So he does bitter rishus to the other four people in his courtyard. It's as if there only, only are four people in the inner courtyard. So why doesn't the Eruv work anymore? Oh, why did he say he can't do it? So he says, no, come on, Rebbe Lozor. Rav answered, no, you're going like Rebbe Lozor. Who holds, when you're doing um, Bitur Rishus, you can kind of choose who you want to do Bitur Rishus to. Um, and therefore, he can choose, this inner courtyard person who forgot to join the Eruv, can choose to do Bitur Rishus to just the people from the inner courtyard and not the outer courtyard. That would work fine. Robert says, you're right, that's fine. But that would only work according to Rebbe Eliezer. Ki kamina, I was speaking, and according to the sages, they hold, you have to do bitter rishus to everyone. I, when, one, when the Torah allows someone, or the Rabbonin allows someone to do bitter rishus, 
he has to do Bitorashus kind of dissolving his rights to his property and splitting it amongst everyone who's part of the Eruv. But the problem in this case is, remember, he can't do Bitorashus to the outer courtyard. So the people in the outer courtyard are part of the Eruv, but he can't do Bitorashus in that scenario. Okay, new point. Obviously, we're still discussing these uh, these points, but it's a new point. Rav Chizda and Rav Sheishes Bahadadi When Rav Chizda and Rav Sheishes would meet each other, Rav Chizda Maratins for Sehomimanisa de Rav Sheishes, Rav Chizda's lips would tremble because of the um, Tanaic expertise of Rav Sheishes. And his fluency in it. For Rav Sheshes, Misra Kula Gufa, and Rav Sheshes, his whole body would tremble. Milpulpula de Rav Chizda from the analysis of Rav Chizda. Very interesting. We have these two great, great sages, each having a total, diff, totally different strength in their limud. But based on that, the other one would tremble. Rav Chizda knew when him, Rav Sheshes was an expert. He knew Mishnas and Brasas very clearly, very well. So whenever Rav Chizda was going to meet him, he would get a bit nervous. What sort of questions is he going to ask me? He's going to be giving me two different missions and two different brasses, and he's going to ask me to resolve the contradiction. Sure, very, I'm a bit scared to meet him. And to the other way around, for Rav Sheshis, Rav Chizda might not have known as much material, might have not known the prices as clearly, but his um, depth of analysis and sharpness when he would analyze a point the questions that he would bring out were very, very difficult. So both Rav Sheshis and Rav Chizda were, it doesn't see, I don't think they were afraid of meeting each other, but they were afraid of the questions that would be asked of them from the other person. So in this, in, in this, uh, this time that they met, Boy Minei Rav Chizda and Rav Sheshis. Rav Chizda met Rav Sheshis. Shnei Botim Mishnei Tzidei Rishus Harabim. If you have two houses on, two, on opposite sides of the Rishus Harabim. So for, just for illustrative purposes, you have two houses across on either side of the street. And a non-Jew comes and puts up walls on either side, what would be the halacha? Can they, one, relinquish his rights to the other so that he can carry from his house into the newly formed chotzer? Again, you have two houses on either side of the street and the non-Jews fence off that street on both sides, on either sides of the house. So you kind of have now, what do you have between the two houses that originally were on either side of a Rishus Harabim, and now on either side of a Chotzer, because they came, it was fenced in. So the question is, can, but it's a joint Chotzer, but now, and they didn't make an Eruv. So can the one do Bitu Rishus, to allow the other one to carry in and out of that chotzer, that newly formed chotzer. So according to the opinion of Shmuel who says that you can't do bitorishus from one chotzer to the next, I'm not asking your question. I'm not asking. Obviously you can't. We'll explain it now, but Rashi says, because according to that that opinion, you need two factors. To be allowed, when did Rabbonin, Rabbonin only allowed you to do Bitorishus if you meet two criteria. The one criteria is that you are oiser the other party from carrying. I, you invalidate the Eruv. 
That's the one criteria. The second criteria is that you could have made an Eruv, but for whatever reason you didn't. So before we go into the Gomorrah, let's analyze, analyze our case. These two did this, that the, let's just call it house A and house B on either side of the street that is now built into a, has been fenced in, so it's now a chotzer between the two houses. Could, was it house B that made house A not able to carry in the street? No, it was because it was a Rishus Arabim. So therefore, um, therefore, it is not person B that's oysering house A from carrying. He was already also to carry, regardless of this person. And the second criteria, could they have made an Eruv between their houses? You can't make an Eruv between two houses. So that's what we're going to say. And obviously that wouldn't work. He says, In a case of two courtyards next to each other, you could where you could make an Eruv. In that case, we said you cannot do Biturishus from one courtyard to the next. Here, if you would have wanted to make an Eruv, on Erev Shabbos, you would not have been able to, again, because it was a Rishus Arabim. Obviously, in this case, Bitul Rishus would not work. And as I just explained, because you don't meet either of the criteria. My question is according to the one who holds Rabbi Yochanan, who holds that you can do Bitul from one Chotzer to the next. Now, why, in the normal case of one, two courtyards next to each other. Maybe Maybe they're the reason you're allowed to do Bitorishus from one courtyard to the next is because if you had wanted to on Erev Shabbos you could have made an Eruv. You and your neighbor have a door between your properties. If you wanted to carry from one to the other you could make an Eruv. Comes out on Shabbos you want the one you want to be able to carry to your neighbor's house so there you can do Bitorishus. But here in the case of the courtyard of the two houses across the road from each other, which is now a courtyard between them, on Erev Shabbos you could not make an Eruv. Maybe you also can't do Bittel or Dilmaloshna, or maybe you don't need either of those factors. Whenever you have a courtyard jointly owned by two Jews, the one can do Bitturishus. Another way of phrasing the question is we said, according to Shmuel, you need two criteria. You need to be the one party needs to be the, to do Bitturishus, the one they have to be the person who's causing the other person not to be able to carry. And the second one is you had to have been able to make an Eruv. So it's obviously where you need both those criteria. If you don't have them, you can't do Bittu Rishus. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, who says you only who doesn't require both criteria, does he require even the one criteria that you could have made an Eruv? Or he doesn't even require that. So Amalei, Ein Mavatlin, he said you cannot do Bittu Rishus. Uh, you need at least one of those factors. Now we move on. <coughs> The next, he's going to ask, Rav Chizda asked Rav, um, Rav Sheshes a second question. Now this question is based on is if you had a Chotzer of two Jews and a non-Jew, and they didn't make an attempt to set up the Eruv on Erev Shabbos. Now strictly speaking, if you have a Chotzer which has two, two or more Jews and a non-Jew, how do you have to set up the Eruv? 
So what you'd have to do is you'd have to rent the rights from the non-Jew. Remember that's what we were discussing yesterday, renting the rights from the non-Jew. And then you would have to do, do the Eruv of joining the court of the Jews, making an Eruv so that they can carry in their jointly owned Chotzer. So what happens if they didn't do either of that on Eruv Shabbos? It says, Shabbos, and then the non-Jew died on Shabbos. Mahu, what's the halacha? According to the opinion that you're allowed to rent this non-Jew's rights on Shabbos, obviously in this case you'd be allowed to do it. Because then not only you're allowed to both, because in that case we discussed, I think it was not yesterday but the day before, um, remember with the inn, you're, according to that opinion you're allowed to rent the non-Jew's property on Shabbos and you're allowed to do bitorushos. Well, obviously, here, where the non-Jew died on Shabbos, all you need to do is bitorushos. There's no other residence in this chotzer besides the two Jews. So, obviously, you can do bitorushos. I'm asking according to the opinion who says you can't rent. Is his reason is you can't do both. You can't do both rent the property and bitorushos. That's going too far on Shabbos. But maybe he would hold that you can, if you only need to do one of those, like here in this case, you just need to do bitorishus, it's fine. Or maybe it makes no difference. Um, I, wherever you couldn't make an Eruv, you couldn't do bitorishus. Again, why could you not make the Eruv in this case? On Eruv Shabbos, why could you not make the Eruv? Because there was two Jews and a non-Jew. And until you've rented the non-Jew's property, you can't do an Eruv. I mean, interesting that the order might not be essential, but the Eruv can't be valid until you've rented the non-Jew's property. So Omar Lay said to him, And you Mavatlin, I say you can do Biturushus in that case. The Hamnuna Omar and Hamnuna says, Ain Mavatlin, you cannot do Biturushus in that case. Why does Rav Shashas hold you can do Bitur? He says because... Theoretically, they could have made the Eruv on Erev Shabbos. There was nothing. What was hindering them making the Eruv on Shabbos? Doing, renting the non-Jews' rights and uh, uh, renting, what was stopping them? Renting the non-Jews' rights and uh, bitter, and uh, then setting up the Eruv, which all could have very easily be done on Erev Shabbos. So you can do the Eruv. Whereas Rav Amnuna looks at it differently. He says no. Until you've rented the non-Jews' rights, you actually can't build an Eruv. The Eruv would be invalid. So you can't come along and tell me that if they wanted to, they could have built an Eruv, set up an Eruv. They couldn't have because there was another step in the way. Okay. New point. This was... Yeah. This seems to lead us... The next point is... If a non-Jew has, obviously if the non-Jew has rights in the Chotzer or the Maboy, that's when you have to rent his rights from him. What happens if he has another entrance to his house on the other side? Does he still oser the Maboy? So, Omar Rabbi Yudah Shmuel, Rabbi Yudah said, Neymar Shmuel, Nochri Sheish, Lo Pesach Arbar Alba Posuch Lebika. If this non-Jew has a entrance of even Fort Vachim by Fort Vachim that opens into a Bika, Afilu Machnis, Afilu Moitzi Gemalim, Vekroinos Kolayom Kula. 
Even if he's loading camels and wagons the whole day, derech mabui in the mabui, ein oiser al benei mabui. He doesn't ruin the eruv of the benei mabui. My timer. What's the reason? The bepitcha de meyached lo bahu neichale. The entrance that is exclusively his is the one he prefers. And Rashi adds in, because there's a lot more space to work. I, on the one side, his house opens into, his chotzer opens into a narrow alley. On the other side, his house opens into this vast area, a bika valley. So we're going to assume that he much prefers the entrance of the valley. Therefore, even if he, end, he uses the maboy quite often, we're going to assume that his primary entrance is the entrance into the valley, and therefore, the Mabui is not Osir because it's not really the Mabui of the non-Jew. That's, uh, that's the standard Allah of Rav Yehuda Marshmul. Now we take it a step further. He says, Iboy luhu, posuach l'karfev ma, what's Allah if it opens into a karfev? A karfev, remember, what's a karfev? A large open area that's fenced in. Not as big as an open valley. So there the non-Jews, again, it's bigger than an alley, than the Mabui. But it's not as big as a valley. Does the non-Jew still prefer that entrance? Does he still prefer that open space being his entrance? So Omar Rab Nachman bar Ami Mishmei de'ulfana. Rab Nachman said, quoting a tradition, or citing it, Yom Masori has, Afilu posuach lekarfev, even if it opens into a karfev. He prefers the large open area. It's a lot easier to work. You know, if you have an option of two parking spaces, and the one has cars on either side, and the one just has the lines, no one's parked there yet, you're obviously going to choose the one that's more open, that's easier. So, so to here, the non-Jew is much going, going to much prefer his, the larger open area on the other side of his house than the entrance of the Mabui, which is much narrower. Rabbi Barav Yosef, Rabbi Barav Yosef learned quite a little bit of it. He says, Nochri, Beisosayim Oiser, I'm at the top of Samar Zayin Amud Beis. I'll just start that point again. Top of Samar Zayin Amud Beis, um, 67b. Rabbi and Rav Yosef, both Rabbi and Rav Yosef says, If it is up to two baits, say a large, this car faith, then he will oiser the benayim, the mabui. If it's larger than Beisosayim, he will not oiser the Mabui. This would fit in as we've understood it up to here. When the Mabui... Again, the reason we can say that the Nanju prefers the entrance on the other side of his house and not the Mabui is when it's a large open area. That's convenient for him. What size is a large open area? Beisosayim. If it is just... If it is... Base or, sorry, if it's base or same or less, it's a small area and he's going to obviously use the main, the Mabui as the main entrance. When it's larger than base or same, well, that's what he prefers. Interesting enough, if it was a Jew, what happens if instead of this non-Jew, you had another Jew? So, Bishrael, base or same, eno oiser, yoisemi base or same oiser. By a Jew, if it's base or same, he does not oiser it. But if it's more than base or same, then it does, then he does oiser the Mabui. I, the Mabui would be his main. Why is the Jew the opposite of way round? So, very interesting, because on Shabbos, a Jew is unlikely to have such big parcels. He's unlikely to need so much space. So even if it's about Beis Sosayim, 
where a non-Jew would not consider that his main entrance because he needs more space. For a Jew on Shabbos, that's plenty of space, so that would be his main entrance. However, if it's larger than base Osayim, the Jew would never consider that his entrance. Why not? Because I don't know if you remember, remember the laws of a Karfaif. I'll mention a little bit of an introduction shortly to a Karf, to, to refresh our memory of a Karfaif. But a Karfaif larger than base Osayim, an open area that's fenced in larger than base Osayim, a Jew's not allowed to carry there on Shabbos anyway. So if this area on the other side of the Jew's house is larger than a base Osayim, well, he's never going to want it. That's not going to be his entrance on Shabbos. He's not allowed to carry that. He'd much rather use the Maboy. Okay. Boy, mine, Rav Chilkai, me Rav Huna. Rav Chilkai asked Rav Huna. It's the same question we've been discussing. He obviously just had a... Um, obviously, just in a different case, they were discussing it in a separate um, session in the base Medrash. It says... If you have a non-Jew's house that opens into a karfeif, mahu, what's the halacha? Does he still oiser the maboy, or do we assume that the karfeif is his main entrance? So, amalei arei omru beisosayim oiser, yoisimi beisosayim, eino oiser. If it's up to the size of beisosayim, then the non-Jew's house would oiser it, and the, um, because he would rather use the maboy, but if it's larger than Beisosayim, then the non-Jew prefers the larger open space, and that would be his main entrance, and not the Mabui. Therefore, Eino Oiseri does not invalidate the Eruv of the Mabui. Okay, now we go on to a new point. Okay, we're going to have a little bit of a change, and we're going to discuss, it seems, transferring between a Karmelis or a Karfeif and other Rishoyos. So just regarding a Karfeif. Remember, as I explained, a karfeif is a large open area that's fenced in. The orisa, by the fact that the karfeif is fenced in, it is considered... So, doraisa, by the fact that the karfeif is fenced in, it's considered a rishus hayochid. Any area, any size, okay, maybe not extremely large, but just about any size area that is fenced in, is a rishus hayochid. However, the rabbis came along and said, if this karfeif is not hukaf ladira, it's not fenced in for residential purposes, aye, for living in, for taking a stroll through a park, that sort of thing, it's not made for residential purposes, then, and it's larger than base or sayim, then it has the status of a karmelis. Remember, Karmelis is not a Rishus Harabim to Raisa, so I need Rabbonin, but it basically means you're not allowed to carry in it for Amos. But now we've got to remember, the Raisa, it is actually a Rishus Hayochid. Strictly speaking, you could carry around it as much as you want. The Rabbonin, they came and restricted you carrying in it, they said it's a Karmelis, but it's really a Rishus Hayochid. Therefore, if you would carry or throw something from a Rishus Harabim into the Karfeif, you would transgress, you'd be chiv for the Isudorais of carrying on Shabbos. Okay? And this is an important difference between a Karfeif and a regular Karmelis. A regular Karmelis is an area that is neither a Rishus Harabim, because it doesn't meet those criteria, but it's not a Rishus Hayochid because it's not fenced in. It's not its own Rishus. So therefore, it has the status of a karm. It's what's called a karmelis. 
Now that Carmelis, there would be no Isur Doraisa to carry from that into Rishus Hayochid or from that into Rishus Arabim or vice versa, because it's, uh, it's neither, it's, it's neither. But this Karfeif in reality, a Doraisa, not in reality, a Doraisa is actually a Rishus Hayochid. That introduction to what a Karfeif is, a Carmelis, and um, thing we're now going to discuss transferring between a, um, between these and other areas. So Omar Ula Omar Rabbi Yochanan Ula said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan Karfeif Yosef mi Beis Osaim Shalohu Kavdadira. If you have a Karfeif that is larger than Beis Osaim and it wasn't fenced in for residential purposes, Vafilu Kur Vafilu Kuraim, even if it's a much larger area. A huge area. Kurokaraim is a very large area. I think it's like 30 Beit Say or something like that. Hazorek Lesoycho Chayev. If someone throws into it from a Rosh Arabim they Chayev. As I said, because granted, Chazal said you're not allowed to carry in the in this fenced off area in the Karafeif because it is Again, why are you not allowed to carry there? Chazal came along and said it looks like, like a Rishus Arabim, like a large open area. Therefore, you're not allowed to carry more than four Amos. However, at essence, it really is a Rishus Hayochid because it's fenced in. So therefore, if you would throw from a Rishus Arabim to this Karfeit, you'd be high. My timer. Mechitzehi Elashemuchuseres diurin. It is enclosed, but it's just not for residential purposes. Mosif Ravuna Barchinana Sela Shebiyam Gavua Soravaroichev Arbo. Rav Huna Barchinana challenged us. He says, if you have a rock in the sea that is higher than 10 fochim and has an area wider than 4 by 4, so it's actually a Rishus Hayochid. You have a little rock jutting out of a sea. A sea, important to remember, is a Carmelis. It's not a Rishus Harabim because you don't have hundreds of people walking through it, going through it. But it's also not a Rishus Hayochid because it's not fenced in. In the middle of the sea, you have this protruding rock. So as long as the rock is higher than 10 Tvachim and wider than 4, um, uh, four Tvachim, it's a Rishus Hayochid. So you have a Rishus Hayochid in the middle of the sea. You're not allowed to carry from this or throw something from this rock into the sea or from the sea onto this rock. If it is less than this, you can carry. Now this is very vague, this line, Pachos Mikan Metaltalin. If it's less than this, you can carry. So an Ad Kama, what's less in size? Ad Beis Sosayim, up until Beit Sayah. So now the Gemara asks him that, hey, what point is it, sorry, this is Rav, um, this is Rav Hunabar Chinana, bringing out his question from this price. So he says, ah, hey, this last point that we said, if it's less than you can carry and how much is that up to a bait sayer, what point is it going on? Ilema, uh, safer, maybe it's going on this on the safer. Base or time tfei, law. Are you telling me, vohom, karmelis, la karmelis, kometautela? Are you telling, the safer, the second case of the price was, um, If it's a low rock, it's not higher than 10 Fochim. So he's saying if it's larger than uh, Beit Sosayim, then you, 
if it's up to Beit Sosayim, you can carry from it into the sea and the sea into it. But more than that, you can't. For all Karmelis, the Karmelis, that is from one Karmelis to another. Why can't you carry? Again, the sea, as I said, is a Karmelis. If you have this low rock that's larger than two Beit Sayah, it's also a Karmel. It's, it's, sorry, up until Beit Sayah, it's a Karmelis. Why can't you carry from it into the sea? Again, if it's higher than, if this rock is higher than 10 Fochim, then it's Rosh Hashayochit. If it's lower than 10 Fochim, well, then it's a Karmelis, and we're saying up until Beit Sayah. So, but that can't be, because then it's implying that you can't carry then. Obviously, you could carry. So it's Elala by Rasha. Yes. Sorry, if the rock's greater than, um, it's greater than, uh, what's it, uh, 10 Amos, then it's Ten Rosh Hayachid. If it's, yeah, remember, a Rishus Hayachid, the, the, the main criteria of a Rishus Hayachid is an area that's separate, that has, well, the, the simple way of learning is it has fences all around it, from, and they, those fences are 10 Tfachim Ha. So four by four Tfachim, right, so so the rock with the heart of ten fochim, those count as the walls. So on top of the rock would be a Rishus Hayochid. So then we're saying, yeah, the rock is a Rishus Hayochid and the sea is the Carmelis. Yes. Carmelis. And you can't, can't you, I've got confused, can't you transfer between a Carmelis and no. a Rishus Hayochid? Yeah, so we'll clarify you can't. You might, I think you might be thinking, Doraisa you can, Doraisa you can, but the Rabbonin you can't. And also there's what's called a Mokom Petur, which you can, but I don't want to discuss. A Mokom Petur sounds similar to a Karmelis, I just don't want to discuss it now. Okay. And a Rishus Arabim and, and Karmelis is also the Rasa, but not the Rabbanan? Yes. Okay, sorry. Thanks. So, no, good. So, um, so, so, sorry, so where were we? Oh, so you can't, so if this rock is lower than 10 Tfachim, then it's a Karmelis. Now you're telling me up until Beit Seir, you've got a, so you've got this huge rock which is a Carmelis. You're telling me I can't carry from the rock into the sea or the sea into the rock. It's two Carmelis next to each other. Obviously you can. So Elalavaration must be going on the first point, either Rishus Hayochid. And it's saying the Rishus Hayochid up until Beit Seir, you can't carry from the sea into it or it into the sea. But if it's larger than a Beit Seir, we would be saying that you can. Let's see that inside. It says, um, and this is what it's saying. If you have a rock in the ocean, in the sea, that's higher than ten fochim and wider than dalid, you're not allowed to carry from it into the sea or the sea into it. How large can this? What's the maximum area of this rock that you would not be allowed to? At base or sayim. From Beit Sosayim. Ho yesemi Beit Sosayim. If the area of this rock is greater than two Beit Sayah, metaltalin, you could carry from it into the sea or the sea into it. Alma Karmelisi, we see it's a Karmelis. Tiufta de Rebbe Yochanan, this is a rejection of Rebbe Yochanan. I again, how we're reading the Brysa at the moment, how Rav Huna Barchinin is reading the Brysa at the moment, is that we said this rock, when it's a Rishus Hayochid, which is up until the area of a Beit Seir, that's when you can't carry from it into the sea or the sea into it, because it's a Karmelis to a Rishus Hayochid. If this rock is larger than two Beit Seir, it's what we call a Karfeif, which is a Karmelis, it implies that you can carry from the sea into the 
Karfeif and from the Karfeif, this rock, into the sea, which would mean that the rock is a Karmelite. Because if the rock was really a Rishus Hayochit, just you're not allowed to carry on it because of Xerat Rabbonin, why can't you carry? Um, why, yeah, why would you... Um, you would not be allowed to carry from it into the sea if the rock was still a Rishus Hayochit, really. So on my rover, rover says, says someone who doesn't even know how to explain, Bryce is asked, challenging Rabbi Yochanan, the God of Ador, one of the greatest Amoraim. What did he think he was doing? This Rafuna Barachina didn't know how to learn. It is, you're right, it is going on the Rasha. But this is how you read the Bryce. It says, um, obviously, we said you can't carry from the sea into the rock or the rock into the sea but on the rock you can carry that's the deduction you're supposed to make for ad kama how big can the rock be that you're allowed to carry around this rock ad beisosayim until it's two sayers Rav Ashi Omar Rav Ashi says Rav Ashi gives a different answer he says again we're going on the resha and hein omru hein omru it's what they said and what they said. I, it's two different teachings, but as we're going to see, the two different te- the two different gazeras are kind of in conflict with each other, and therefore you have to you, we we have to give precedence to the one. Let's see that inside. Hein Omru Chazal said, Chazal said they made a gzera that if you have a enclosed area larger than two saya. Again, that's enclosed, not... You, sorry, you have an, a large area that's enclosed not for residential surf, uh, uh, purposes. You're not allowed to carry in it. You're limited to the Dalet Amos. You can't carry more than Dalet Amos. Vahain Omru, another Xaira that Chazal says, You're not allowed to carry from a Rishus to a Carmelis. That's what we were saying earlier. Again, Doraisi you can carry from a Rishus HaYochit to a Carmelis, but Dorabonon you can't. And the reason is because it kind of looks like a Carmelis is quite similar to public property because it's not fenced in. Anyone can go there, but it's not Rishus HaRabim really. Um, so that's why you're not allowed to carry from a Rishus HaYochit to a Carmelis. Now, if you have this rock, this this rock, up until the Beit Seir where Chazal said you can carry around the whole rock, there they said you're not allowed to carry from it into the sea or the sea into it. My time, or what's the reason? Rishus Hayochid Gemurah here, it's treated as a Rishus Hayochid. So what do you, all you have at play here is the sea which is a Carmelis and this rock which is a Rishus Hayochid. Yes, Emi Beit Sosayim, the Osir Bakule. However, if this rock is larger than Beit Sotsayim, where Chazal came along and said you're not allowed to carry on it more than four Amos, Chazal allowed you to carry from the sea onto this rock and from the rock into the sea. They did not say the issue of transferring from a Rishus Hayochid to a um, to a Carmelist. So again, what the two Xeras here? The one Xera is if you have this large enclosed area in this in our scenario, 
generally we call it a car faith um, 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 that's based on Shalohukafletira, but a large enclosed area. Here we're speaking about this rock in the ocean. So it's this large enclosed area. The one Xeri is you're not even though it's really a Rishis Hayochid because it's enclosed, you're not allowed to carry on it. That's the one Xeri. The other Xeri is generally you're not allowed to carry from it into a Carmelis or from a Rishis Hayochid into a Carmelis. However, Chazal said in this case, we allow you to carry, we don't allow you to carry more than four Amos on this rock, but we do allow you to carry from the sea into it. My timer, what's the reason? Because people might say it's an actual Rishus HaYochid. Why would they say it's an actual Rishus HaYochid? Because you told me I'm not allowed to take from the ocean, which is a Carmelis, into this island, this rock. So it must be it's a Rishus HaYochid. And they'll come to carry across the whole island. Which undermines the... Sorry? How does this even this, sorry, how does this come up as a scenario idea? How did they get into the sea in the first place on Shabbos? You're saying what what uh, what's your maybe it's uh yeah um I'm not sure exactly how you would get there. But let's say you started Shabbos on this uh, island. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if you could get down Shabbos. Maybe you could... Uh, remember, swimming in cold water is only... Uh, yeah, let's not go... Uh, maybe it's shallow enough for you to walk. I'm not sure. But if you started Shabbos on the island, you wouldn't be allowed to throw stones from the island into the sea. If the island is smaller than two Beit Seah. If the island is larger than two Beit Seah, we're saying you are allowed to throw rocks into the sea. You're just not allowed to carry those rocks more than four Amos, or throw them further than four Amos into the sea. Now the question we have, so, ma- so let's just finish the point and we'll come back to your case. So he says, Umayshna, what's the difference? We've got two Xeras at play here. We've got the one Xera that says if you've got a Carmelis, you're not allowed to carry more than four Amos. The other Xera is you're not allowed to tra- carry, transfer between a Roshus HaYochid and a Carmelis. This island, at essence, is a Rishus HaYochid. So you should not be allowed to carry between it and the sea. And Chazal were concerned that if you were not allowed to carry between it and the sea, yeah, Chazal were concerned that if you were not allowed to carry between it and the sea, um, um, we're concerned that if you were not allowed to carry... It's like two minutes, so leave it. Um, Chazal were concerned that if you were not allowed to carry between it and the sea, that you would treat it as a Rishus Harabi, as a Rishus HaYochid and carry along the whole island. Either more concerned that you might carry in this Carmelis, than that you will transfer between the Carmelis and the Rishus, Hay- and the Rishus HaYochid. Why do they choose their one Zaira over the other? So the Gemara answers, Toichos it's more common for people to try carry within a Carmelis. But it's not so common that people try transport between a sea and a, and a rock on Shabbos and a rock and a sea on Shabbos. I, um, yeah, it's not often that a Karfeif and an area greater than Beis Osayim are next to each other. 
sorry, that a caramel is and an area they're greater than base society are right next to each other. Therefore, they didn't make the xayra of transferring between the sea and the rock. Okay, and we'll leave it in the Gomorrah there for today.